Hi, I'm Skye, and welcome to Enchantiverse, the podcast dedicated to the wide universe of things that enchant us and make us feel alive. I can't wait to talk about all things magical and beautiful with you. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad that you're back to hang out and chat with me here in Enchantiverse. I hope that everyone had a wonderful holiday break, and to those who celebrate, I hope that your Christmas was twinkling and sparkling with love, joy, and sugar plum fairy magic. Now, before we get started today, I thought that it might be fun if each episode we take just a moment to imagine that we're somewhere whimsical together for our conversations. Not only do I think it would be a nice little exercise in imagination, but I also think it would be a good opportunity to daydream and escape away together somewhere beautiful to talk about the most important aspects of our lives, the magical ones, of course. Um, I think it's really important that we continue to dream as adults. I think it's really important that we continue to believe in other worlds and it's just something that I think that we should continue to do even as we grow older. So if you're able, go and grab yourself something delicious to drink, maybe a cup of hot cocoa or a warm mug of tea, and make sure to grab yourself a little snack as well, something sweet if you'd like, and close your eyes for just a moment with me and imagine yourself in the Shire, straight out of The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings. It's cold outside, due to the season, but the scenery outside your little hobbit hole window is lush and green and just barely kissed by the thinnest layer of sparkling snow. The room you are in smells of apples and delicious warm spices, cinnamon, nutmeg, and clove. You're sitting by a crackling fireplace in the most comfortable oversized chair with a blanket on your lap, surrounded by friends about to settle in for a long, pleasant chat. You feel the warmth of the fire spread through you, starting at your toes and climbing up toward your chest. You worked so hard during the holiday season, wrapping gifts, baking, cooking, cleaning, and it feels so good to just sit here and be here now in your comfortable little hobbit hole, feeling completely at rest. Are you there with me, feeling cozy and snug? Perfect. So now, no matter where you are while you're listening, Whether you're getting ready for the day, driving, doing dishes, going on a walk, or sitting at your desk at work, throughout our conversation, I encourage you to continue on with that cozy feeling and keep imagining yourself in our little warm hobbit hole together, okay? (laughs) So at the time of recording this, we're entering into the new year. And I know for some of us, This is a time of renewal and excitement of things to come and goals to make, while for others, sometimes this time of year can feel a little daunting and overwhelming and draining even. And I know that I've definitely experienced both emotions in the past when it comes to the new year. So if you're feeling just a little tired and burnt out as we're nearing January 1st, do not fret. You are not alone. And today's episode is for you because we are going to be talking about a charming list of topics that is sure to get you feeling more optimistic and hopeful for the days to come, namely cake, hobbits, Tom Hiddleston, and my new word of the year, pleasure. Yes, I said it, pleasure. (laughs) 
Now, funnily enough, as I said that word, I am willing to bet that some of you had a bit of hesitancy jump inside your chest, even just the tiniest inkling of, ooh, I'm not so sure about that, right? (laughs) Maybe the word has a bit of a negative connotation for you. Maybe you started thinking that it mostly denotes something carnal or worldly, or that pleasure resides outside of the limit of your code of ethics. Or maybe there's a little policeman in your brain reciting the rules of enjoyment to you to make sure you haven't forgotten them. I know that for me, the little policeman inside my brain usually rattles off something like this, but not too much pleasure. You don't want to overdo it. That's probably not something you should seek out. You've got to work hard to deserve that. Or, well, you don't want to look like you're too pleased or enjoying yourself too much or else everyone will think that you're a slacker and they won't take your work seriously and they won't take you seriously. (laughs) After reciting his little rules to me in my brain, my little policeman usually gives me a small slap on the wrist with his baton and then chides me to get back to work. So you're not alone if you had that reaction. I have that reaction often, which is why it's my word of the year and my New Year's resolution, aka something to resolve. So I thought it would be fun if we resolve it together a little bit today. Um... So I'm a big lover of definitions and with a word of the year, you always have to look at the definition, right? My go-to is always Webster's 1828 dictionary because the definitions are just so beautiful and well-written and the Victorian in me just swoons over them. So here we go. This is Webster's 1828 dictionary defines pleasure as the gratification of the senses or of the mind, agreeable sensations or emotions. The excitement, relish, or happiness produced by enjoyment or the expectation of good opposed to pain. We receive pleasure from the indulgence of appetite, from the view of a beautiful landscape, from the harmony of sounds, from agreeable society, from the expectation of seeing an absent friend, from the prospect of gain or success of any kind. Pleasure, bodily and mental, carnal and spiritual, constitutes the whole positive of happiness. So I really like that definition, especially the line that said, the excitement, relish, or happiness produced by enjoyment or the expectation of good. That sentence right there is pretty much how I want to live my life in a nutshell. When I read this definition, it was enough to make this sentence like a mantra of mine, like to create a banner in my mind with the words scrawled across it, written in frosting with pixie dust sprinkles. I admit, though, I didn't just stumble upon this definition. I didn't just one day start wondering about pleasure. Like most moments of enlightenment in my life, someone else's words inspired me. And this time, that person was none other than everyone's favorite god of mischief, Tom Hiddleston. I'm going to play the audio clip for you. You may have seen it already. Um, It's gone around TikTok for quite a while now, but I'll never forget the first time that I heard it. Um, It was about two years ago, and I was sitting on my bed after just barely getting my baby down for a nap, and I was newly postpartum, and I was more tired than I had ever felt in my life. But not just, like, tired. I was also feeling really awkward and overwhelmed and unsure of myself. 
they say that experiencing postpartum is kind of like going through puberty again. And I feel like I agree with that. (laughs) It's like you feel a lot of feelings. There's a lot of hormones. There's a lot of weird, weird feelings about your body, your surroundings, your place in society. It's just, it's just an interesting time in life. And on top of that, I also had a job that I did that I was working from home and it was just very time intensive. So I was just, I was just really overwhelmed at the time. And I was laying on my bed and I was feeling tired and insecure and a little defeated. And I just started to go down this unhealthy rabbit hole in my mind. Like basically just how I did when I was going through puberty. I started thinking really negative thoughts about myself. And one thing that I used to do when I thought badly about myself in the past was, um, and I don't, I hate to admit this, but I used to deny myself of enjoyable things and that, you know, it could be activities that I liked, positive self-talk and even, yeah, of course, like food, right? Um, it was almost like something inside of me just insisted that once I was back to being X, Y, or Z, or once I could become X, Y, or Z, that then and only then would I be able to have enjoyment and pleasure again. And not too much pleasure, though, or else I'd be in danger of losing whatever it was that I was trying to portray or receive or become. So I was sitting on my bed, like I said, and I was starting to recognize myself doing that, like going down that unhealthy thought pattern and trying to get myself to stop. So I pulled out my phone to distract myself and I started scrolling through TikTok and I stumbled upon a video that I, I can't really describe it. Sometimes you just hear something and it just kind of makes your heart kind of flutter. And it did that to me. My heart just kind of fluttered and stopped and it took me by surprise. And so I'm going to play it for you so that you can hear it too. Love eating cake. Um, I, I have no problem with eating cake. Here's the thing is I think eating cake is a genuine pleasure. And so I don't feel guilty about it. Very happy to eat as much cake as I choose. And I think people should eat more cake if they want. Don't <laughs> if you don't. Um, uh, yeah, I, don't, I try not to feel guilty about pleasures. I think if it's a pleasure that's not hurting anyone else, I think you should indulge it and not feel guilty about it. I freaking love this clip. It is one of the most hobbity, hobbitish things I've ever heard in my life. I just, I love it. I play it for myself all the time (laughs) and I don't know it just it's written by Tolkien himself I swear it is it has the Shire written all over it I I feel like some people might think it's kind of silly but I I played this clip over and over and over again and I just kept thinking about it over and over again and I think sometimes it takes someone else's words and ideas to sort of snap you out of your own words and ideas in your mind. And for whatever reason, this clip, it just, it did that for me. And somehow in like the most charming way possible, he was just able to so poignantly poignantly convey the idea that we shouldn't feel guilty about the simple pleasures of life. And immediately, I just remember, I'll never forget this day. Because I just immediately felt this relief just like flow through my body. And I reached over to my nightstand and there was a box of chocolates there that I had gotten. I can't remember for what occasion, 
but I reached over and I grabbed one and I enjoyed it. And it was because I felt like I was given the permission to indulge in a pleasure. And it was even in the midst of just barely having those unhealthy thought patterns. And it was kind of just this like act of rebellion against that. And I felt comfortable doing it. I felt like there was permission to do that. And it was just, it was a pleasure that was available to me. The box of chocolates was sitting right there on the nightstand. And it was a pleasure that was in within the realm of my belief system. So like it wasn't going against any code of ethics or morals that I held to, right? It was just something so simple and small. And it it was hobbit-like. It was hobbitish. It reminded me of like, just that those simple, beautiful pleasures of life. And for whatever reason, those kinds of things, just good food, good company and enjoyment, time in nature, they, those things remind me of that kind of simple, beautiful hobbit life that um, J.R.R. Tolkien created in his beautiful books and that Peter Jackson created in the amazing films. Um, I just loved it. And, you know, it felt really good. It felt so good to just be kind to myself and tell myself to relax and just eat a chocolate in my bed and not give it a second thought. It was so nice to remember that I could have pleasure in the life I was living in that moment, in that same moment where I felt tired and awkward and insecure, and that I didn't have to feel guilty about it, that I could just be, I could just live and that both things could be true at the same time, that I could be doing hard things and that I could still enjoy simultaneously the beautiful things that were around me and that were there to be enjoyed and not, again, not feel guilty about it. And so I just, I loved that audio clip. And honestly, it just inspired me. It inspired me to start looking for moments of pleasure and enjoyment amidst the difficult and unfamiliar season of life that I was experiencing. And it reminded me to stop feeling guilty about taking the time to indulge in those pleasures, whether it was time for myself to paint in the evenings or the pleasure of uninterrupted time with my daughter and my husband or the pleasure of a slice of cake or delicious meal or the pleasure of even going to bed at a decent hour and saying no to the temptation of overworking myself. It was interesting. It, it just, it got me thinking this experience about why it is that sometimes we believe that some of those sim- simple pleasures of life that we desire are so out of reach. And I think that some of it may have to do with the way that society runs. Of course, there's, you know, a sort of medal of honor that the world gives to those who achieve, whether it be achievement of money or power or physical appearance or a certain level of fitness, we place value on how a person's success looks from the outside without really knowing anything else about what it took to get. Uh, We just sort of look at the success and reward it with respect and attention. And so I think that sometimes we tell ourselves that in order to be worthy of that same kind of respect or attention, that we have to have those things. And that in order to have those things, we believe we must sacrifice everything else, including our pleasure. And I think that's issue number one. And number two, I think that there's just moments in our lives where maybe someone made a comment on something we enjoy or find pleasurable that caused us to feel insecure about what we love. For example, um, 
I remember once in college, I had a fellow student comment on a painting of mine and it wasn't during like a classroom critique or anything like that. It was just completely out of the blue. I was painting before class even started and he came up to me and he told me that my colors, the colors that I used in the painting were just, he's like, those are really brash. You know, your colors are really brash. And I remember I had another time a teacher commented on my painting, um, my paintings that he thought they were incredibly feminine and that that's not everyone's cup of tea. And another uh, example, say I'm using the painting example a lot, but um, another student commented that he thought my paintings were very girly or cutesy. And I don't think there's anything really necessarily wrong with those descriptors. I don't think there's anything wrong with my paintings being feminine or girly or even with my colors being brash. Um, But it was clear in these people's comments that they believed that there was something wrong with it. They made it clear that they didn't enjoy my work and that they felt that that kind of art was subpar. And so it made me feel like my work was not valid, that it wasn't serious enough to be anything important or special. And it caused a lot of years of artistic confusion and an inner battle of trying to convince myself whether or not I should still create. Because after being made to feel like your work isn't good enough, the natural response is to explore other styles that might be taken more seriously. And then when they don't resonate with you, it feels confusing. It feels like I don't know, like swimming upstream or like wearing a coat two sizes too small. It It's really only been recently in the past year that I decided to let go of all that outer influence and just choose to not care about what anyone thinks of the things I create and to instead create solely for pleasure, like just for the delight of making the thing. Because when I feel like I do that, my work isn't, it's not only better, but I feel like it's more authentic to myself and I feel like I'm a happier and a freer person. Another example of this, of when, you know, someone maybe makes a comment on the thing you enjoy and that it <laughs> makes you question whether or not that pleasure is valid or something that you should pursue. Um, I, had a, I had a boyfriend in the summer after I graduated high school and he was a bit older than me and I was working in a professional setting at the time and after work each day, I would change out of the dresses that I wore to work and I'd throw on an oversized t-shirt and shorts and we'd go out for a walk. And it, it just so happened, I don't know even know how long this went on, but he just started to act kind of weird, like when we'd go out on these walks and I could tell something was bothering him and he just wouldn't tell me. And he seemed annoyed. Like, I just remember him seeming so bugged. I was like, what? What am I doing? What? What's wrong? Like, I had no idea what what I was doing wrong. And after a few days, I remember he told me that it was my clothes. <laughs> like, he, he hated that I wore a dress all day for work and then that I changed into a t-shirt and shorts in the evening. And he asked if I would just keep my dresses on and my work shoes on for when we went out on our evening walks. And I was, I just, I was so shocked. I was so shocked. I had never, ever had a boyfriend comment on my clothes or the way I dressed. Um, My whole life thus far, I had always prided myself on shopping for outfits I loved. And I just loved to get 
I loved fashion. I loved getting all dolled up for school. And, um, but I, but I've always been sort of a relaxed person as well. And I would wear things that were oversized and I would wear every day when I went home, no matter what I was wearing at school, I'd go home and I'd throw on a t-shirt and shorts. I feel like that's a very normal thing that a lot of people do. Um, like loungewear when you're lounging and, um, not that it matters, but I always, on these walks, I, I still had my hair all done up and my makeup on, like not. And again, that doesn't even matter, but I was, I felt so myself. And, and this was something that I really looked forward to doing. Like it's those small things that sometimes you don't even realize that you're doing just because you enjoy them. Um, until someone kind of points it out to you and you're like, wait, is this not a normal thing? Like I just, I loved, it was, it was something. So I, again, I didn't think about it. It was so natural to me. Like, of course I'm going to throw on a t-shirt and shorts and feel comfortable. I, I liked the way that I felt and I liked the way that I looked and I didn't feel un- uncomfortable going out that way. And it was so, it was something I subconsciously looked forward to doing as soon as I got home. And so I was just so flabbergasted at the thought of keeping on my work clothes until bedtime and on top of that to go out for a walk in the Vegas evening heat while wearing them but uh you know I was young and I wanted to be understanding to this person I was dating so even though my first reaction was internally wondering if this person was a psychopath I tried (laughs) I tried to give thought to his request and I thought you know maybe he was right Maybe it wasn't very nice that I dressed up all day for other people, but when I saw him that I didn't put in as much effort, or maybe that was a sign that I wasn't showing him how much I cared about him, right? So I changed my habits and I started keeping my work clothes on for him and we'd go out on a walk while he would wear a t-shirt and shorts. (laughs) I wore a dress and work shoes and I did that for about two weeks until I went away to college and broke up with him because it was ridiculous. So I, of course, I can see more clearly now that I wasn't doing anything wrong by wearing an oversized t-shirt and shorts in front of my boyfriend. But for a lot of years, I thought about his logic and I felt sort of insecure wondering if it was rude to wear things that I felt more comfortable in because one person that wasn't very nice at the end of the day thought that it wasn't it wasn't good enough for him or that it was not respectful to him for some reason so I and I know I know for a fact that there's plenty of people out there who might even say that that's rude but I don't agree I don't agree with that and now I only dress for comfort I make sure that everything I wear feels good and comfy I make sure that the fabric is soft and the fit is oversized because that's my preference and I refuse to choose to put on clothing on my body that doesn't feel good because why would I deny myself the pleasure of comfort to make rude people think better of me (laughs) I don't care what they think of anymore I, I really don't and all I care about is what I feel and then I'm enjoying my life to the fullest so you know all this being said I ask you my friend as we're sitting around our warm fireplace in our little hobbit hole Which of life's simple pleasures have you been denying yourself of for far too long? How would you live your life if you didn't care what people think? How would you dress? What would you eat? What would you do with your time? What would you create? 
what would a year of pleasure look like for you? A year of excitement, relish, or happiness produced by the by enjoyment or the expectation of good, which again is the definition of pleasure. For me, I'll tell you what it would look like for me. For me, it looks like waking up every day believing that it's going to be a good one and really and truly seeing the blessing that it was to wake up to another day and be alive. And it means not worrying about waking up at 4 a.m. to go kill myself at the gym before my kids wake up. And instead, maybe getting enough sleep (laughs) to have the energy to go on a gentle morning walk with them in the stroller and then playing with them at the park all morning. It means making a lot of art during free moments and sharing it with everyone, even though it's not perfect. It means putting time and effort into my ideas and believing that the right people will find and appreciate them. And it means nourishing my body with foods that make me feel good and encountering those moments of indulgence with no judgment. It means prioritizing rest and time for personal enjoyment with the understanding that my moments of pleasure are actually bringing me closer to my dreams and goals because filling up my own cup is the only way that I'm able to pour of myself each day for others. I think that it means laughing and smiling as much as possible and putting down the idea that the face of exhaustion and pain is the only one worthy of praise and respect. And I know maybe your resolutions look different from mine this year, and that's okay. I think that everyone's small and simple pleasures that they find in life are, might be different. I don't, that, that doesn't bother me at all. I want you to find those pleasures that you enjoy and to indulge them and to enjoy them, to enjoy those moments of your life that are around you every day that we might not recognize, that we might not, that we might not take the time to allow ourselves or, or even the permission to allow ourselves, right? I just hope that as you daydream about your goals and your ambitions, that you remember the quote from J.R.R. Tolkien that reads, if more of us valued food and cheer and song above hoarded gold, it would be a merrier world. That's from The Hobbit. <laughs> so this year, I think we should create a merrier world together. I want us to be soft and kind to ourselves and put down the guilt and the baggage and expectations and look for all of the pleasures, all of the magic that so freely is available around us. Let's dream and believe and hope and please, please, let's eat more cake and savor every single bite and let's choose to let the sugar melt in our mouths and feel zero guilt about it because it's a genuine pleasure and because Tom Hiddleston said so. (laughs) 